Jason Swain touchdown. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give me two and a red flag. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, 865-255-03 is our telephone number live here at Beatty Chevrolet Parkside Drive. It is Monday, September the 13th. I want to give a, another happy birthday to Ben McKee, who was live back in the Low T Center studio. Uh, ben, good morning and uh, happy birthday again. Good morning. I hope you are doing well. I uh, I appreciate the birthday wishes from you. Always good to hear from the people you care about on your birthday, and uh, that was most definitely the case for me this weekend, and I most definitely appreciate the birthday wishes from the Swain Event family, Vol family on social media over the weekend, and some of you that I ran into in person that wished me happy birthday as well means more than you know so i appreciate the the birthday wishes i hope you're well this morning swain i'm good man i'm good i'm good um you know it's always tough to come here on a monday and and, and do the show after after a uh, a loss in this case this this was a tough loss it was a tough loss but um there's a lot to get to on the positive side there's a lot to get to obviously on the negative side when you lose that is the most uh, that's the most you know glaring thing that you that you that you look at is that you know that's a negative. Um, it, it sure would be great to be able to win and then fix all these mistakes as you're winning. Uh, but some of the mistakes cost Tennessee big time um, on Saturday. So you know we got to talk about it. So we will talk about it. And um, if you are new, here is your pu- public service announcement. Here is your public service announcement. We've had um, a lot of new uh, listeners join uh, the Swain event, and we are very appreciative of you joining us and we thank you and we, you know really really happy uh, that you decided to make Swain event part of your morning so uh, we just want to lay down some ground rules we want to just tell you how we do things during during the season coming off a, a L a disappointing um, outcome uh, this is how we do things I can't speak for what other people do uh, this is just how we do things so if you are new if you are a new listener if you are a new viewer and um, you have a certain expectation uh, coming in um, because this is your first time listening to the show, watching the show after a loss. Um, the way we do things, it is going to be fair. 
we are fair. We show our work. We watch the film um, because that's fair to you as as a listener, as a viewer. Uh, we have a responsibility, and that is to tell the truth and to be fair based on what we have seen. Um, and so can't do that unless you're going back and watching the film and, 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 um, and doing your homework. Now, the way we also do things here is, you know, there's, there's a small picture view, there's a short-term view, and then there's a big picture view, and there's a long-term view. And um, I was at the game. Um, I was sitting up top, so I was able to have a pretty good view, which is always an advantage over watching the game on TV because you can see everything opens, open up. You can have a view of, of everyone doing their job. Um, and so I was fortunate to be able to see uh, the game from from that point of view. Uh, last night I did go back and, and watch the game on TV, um, and so I know Ben, you did the same thing because you sent me a screenshot <laughs> of a play uh, during during the game, and um, you know one of the guys had some, some questionable um, some, some questionable um, execution from one of my players, and so you sent me a screenshot, and you know that's just kind of what we do there on the Ben McKee Jason Swain text thread, but. Uh, overall, and I see you answering the phones there, Ben. Overall, uh, I'll let you go first and just kind of get your take on on the game. Yeah, I mean it's it's not anything groundbreaking, nothing too complicated to break down when when you commit 13 penalties and practically set a program record for penalty yardage. Tennessee had not gone over 100 penalty yards since you played, Swain since the Cotton Bowl in 2005 against Texas A&M uh, was the last time Tennessee went over 100 yards of, of penalty. Still uh, whooped them. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and, and there is something to be said about Tennessee only losing by a touchdown and committing 13 penalties and 139 yards worth of penalty. But that's a different conversation for, for later on. Uh, There are some silver linings, like you mentioned off the top, but uh, basically when you commit 13 penalties and turn the football over three times and uh, penalties are of every which variety, personal fouls, um, delay of game, holding, uh, roughing, not roughing the passer, but kind of an unnecessary hit. I mean, every penalty you can imagine – it was called against Tennessee on, on Saturday. And when you do those things, you're, you're not going to win very many football games. So, that I mean, that's just right off the cuff. Just too many uh, mental mistakes, too many physical mistakes, uh, a couple of, of coaching mistakes, uh, just a, a bad combination. Tennessee looked like a football team that was in the, the first real game of a new coach's tenure. That, that's what it looked like. To me, so uh, I mean, I, I don't think you can go <laughs> much further uh, than than that. Uh, you, you circle that, and you understand why Tennessee lost. And, and there are other things mixed in there. Uh, Joe Milton had every opportunity to to really bust open the game early on. Tennessee's offense, um, as a whole, did as well. I shouldn't single just Joe Milton out because uh, you get the ball down first and goal from the five, second and goal from the three, and then you end up with third and goal from the 37, 38, whatever it was. <laughs> and, and you have to settle for a field goal, and, and that's because of a Cade Mays personal foul, late hit, uh, a, a Darnell Wright 
false start that that looked like was <laughs> what was incidentally caused by Cade when Cade stood up and kind of clapped his hands and, and Darnell Wright, you know, went about as if the, the ball had been snapped when he heard Cade clap his hands. So uh, th- those penalties on the offense as a whole really killed them as well. But, I mean, it, it's just pretty simple to evaluate this, this football game. Poor quarterback play, uh, not consistent enough quarterback play, and 13 penalties and three turnovers. Going to lose you some football games every time. Yeah, man, Tennessee right now sitting in negative four on the turnover margin. That's a, that's a stat that uh, preseason I said I would be keeping for the entire season because this defense was thought to be the weakest link of this football team with Josh Hype on this high-power offensive scheme coming in here. Um, and, you, and you know his pedigree, you know his success on offense coming in, and we felt like the defense would be behind. Um, and so it was about how can the defense create turnovers to give the offense more opportunities um, well, the defense has, has played better than the offense in two games. Um, the only thing that needs to be cleaned up in a, in a, in a huge way, there, there's a lot of other things defensively you, want, you, you need to do, and it starts with pressure. Uh, the front four was unable to do that, but we got to create more turnovers. Uh, right now, Tennessee is negative four in the turnover margin for the, for the year. Uh, it was negative one first game against Bowling Green. Uh, had a turnover, failed to get a turnover from Bowling Green. Uh, and that's just something you don't want to do. And then on Saturday, you had three turnovers, and Tennessee was unable to turn Missouri over. So negative four um, is the turnover margin right now for, for the year. And that has to change. It has to change quick, fast, and in a hurry uh, while offense is trying to figure it out from the quarterback position because um, right now there's not a, a – a, right now um, there's questions. Now, I think there will be a change. It needs to be a change. Um, but there are questions right now at the quarterback position. Um, man, just let me know if we got any phone calls. I know how it rolls on a Monday, um, and so we'll we'll get to the phones and just keep keep rolling. Um, Let's get to uh, Butch Dooley to kick off the day on the Iris Networks Hotline. Oh, great, great name, Butch Dooley. Good morning. Hey, good morning, everybody. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Headed to work. Oh. Uh, so I'm going to think of more of the positive aspects of the game. Um, I thought that I want to give a big shout out to the defense. I thought the defense. I mean, they. I mean, we did let up forty some of the points, but they kept. I mean, they kept getting put on the short side of the field a lot, and they kept mm-hmm. giving the offense chances time and time and time again that the offense just couldn't capitalize on. I mean, Theo Jackson, that dude is going to be good. He already is good. He, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's flying everywhere around the field, making tackles on every – he's in almost every single play, Um, almost every play. And, I mean, there's some definitely things on the defense that need to be cleaned up. Um, But for the most part, I thought the defense – I mean, like I said, they just kept giving offense chances time and time again. And we just couldn't capitalize on it. And, you know, offense, I I thought it it ran a lot better under Hooker. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. There's still some stuff that needs to be cleaned up. We couldn't get a running game going at all, which I know Pitt had a really good uh, running defense. But um, the, I don't know. Milton, you know, after about the fifth deep ball, that should have been a touchdown. I just don't think he's the guy. I mean, he had the chances time and time again. He, he, don't, he don't really have much pocket awareness either. Um, 
I think we need to roll with Hooker. I think, you know, we definitely need to improve on the offense. But, uh, but the defense, in my opinion, they they impressed me big time. And Theo Jackson, shout out to him. He's going. He's a stud. Yeah, simple. I mean, simple as that, man. Thank thank you for the phone call there, Butch Dooley. Good good points. Um, you know, just to I guess comment on on your on your comments. Um, the thing about Hendon Hooker is fall camp when you're having that quarterback competition. Quarterbacks are not are not, are not able to be hit, and so the guys that really stand out are the guys that. Um, throw it consistently from the pocket or, or the most accurate, uh, does a really good job of taking care of the football um, from the start of practice all the way to the end. Uh, doesn't matter for 7-on-7 seven seven scrimmaging. Uh, that's what got Hendon Hooker in trouble during fall camp was the turnovers. And, you know, came back and bit him in the butt uh, in a pit game. But one of his strengths is being able to make guys miss in space, being elusive. Well, but if you don't tackle the quarterback in practice, how can you show – how elusive you are. How can you show um, that you're great with the ball in your hands when the defense is trying to tackle you? So I think he got a little bit of the short end of the stick, but we show, we, we saw why um, he could be very, very important to this offense. Um, now it's about protecting him and putting him in positions where he makes throws on time and uh, you don't put him in situations that trying to do something that he's not good at doing. You play to his strength. So I think once Tennessee did that, we saw the offense move. And um, the offense certainly moved better with, with Hendon. Um, <clears throat> as far as Joe Milton at the beginning, um, now you got to understand something. I was watching the game from up top. So I see, I see everything. I see the, 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 the pocket, um, the pocket presence. I see the route releases. I see, I see everything. I have a great view. And, you know, being, you had that same view as, as well. Um, the throws to Javante Payton, the throws to Walker Merrill, um, obviously they could have been better. They, they could have been better. But at the same time, we as wide receivers got to do a better job of digging the entire timing, digging through the catch. There's a difference between digging and running. When I mean by digging, that means pumping your arms the whole entire time, running through the catch. One of the biggest mistakes – receivers make is is they pump their arms until they release from the DB or they get past the DB and then they then they slow down a little bit. They stop pumping their arms. Well, Javante Payton stopped pumping his arms on the release. <clears throat> Walker Merrill uh, was open, but he stopped running vertical. Like he stopped running north to south, kind of was running sideways a little bit because he was open. You have to just keep running straight, full speed, and let the quarterback – throw the football as if you're running full speed, and then you adjust if you see the ball being short. Um, I thought the receivers could have could have, could have have dug a little bit more um, and pumped their arms more. So that's just my perspective, being a receiver, you know, knowing that and, and dealing with that. Now, the pass to Cedric Tillman, there's no defense. Goodness gracious. I mean – Goodness gracious! It was it was just a poor it was just a poor pass. We wanted to hit the deep ball. Um, that was a point of emphasis, and we got the speed on the outside. We have the speed to run past DBs. This passing offense should be way further along than what it is right now. 
But understand that the, that deep pass is a low percentage throw. It's hard to connect on. Um, it's certainly hard to connect on when you have throws that are, you know, out of play, you know, five yards past the receiver. So, get short, you know, throw up, shorten up the pass. Um, at worst, give the receiver a chance to come back to the ball. Maybe you draw a pass interference, um, something like that. Now, you don't want to throw it inside and low uh, like it was thrown to Cedric Tillman. Um, and Cedric Tillman, you want to make sure that you beat your guy and give the, the DB, give the quarterback more room on the offensive pass interference in the end zone. That was both guys, um, you know, not, not doing a really good job on that play. But Joe Milton did not play well. Joe Milton did not throw the ball well at all. But at the same time, it's not all on Joe Milton in the passing game. Again, this is I'll, I'll repeat this because I know how folks get selective hearing. Joe Milton did not play well. Joe Milton made some really bad throws. But at the same time, if you are in that wide receiver room and I'm coaching the wide receivers, I'm telling the wide receivers, we got to – do a better job of running through the catch and digging. Not every pass, not every pass, uh, we did that. So we got to make sure we do what we're supposed to do, what we're taught to do. I don't know if they're taught that, but they should be taught that. They're not. Um, but you got to dig through the catch. You got to run through the catch. And you can't run sideways, and you can't look for 10 yards. When you look, you slow down. So you're running your route, you're running full speed, you release, you beat your man, you, you go past them, and you're looking, you take a glance, and the ball's not thrown yet. Well, you got to put your head down and keep digging because the moment you look is the moment you slow down. So the ball's not thrown yet, put your head down, keep digging, and then take another peek and see where the ball is, and then adjust to the ball. Those are coaching points that, that should go down uh, in the receiver room. In the receiver room. In the coaching, in the quarterback room, oh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's about throwing with touch. It's about giving guys a chance. It's about not, uh, you know, having to throw the ball, you know, hard as possible. Uh, I thought the, the pass to Tillman, he barely flicked it and still threw it five yards past him. And, you know, his arm is a gift and a curse. He barely flicked it, but he got put some air on it. Uh, we saw Henry Hooker do that to uh, Jacob Warren on his touchdown pass, but that's a big problem The right same there. play. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was it was essentially a seam, um, you know, up the middle. One was ran by a you know a receiver, the other one was ran by a tight end. But it was basically the same route. It was mm -hmm. a, you know it was a it was a seam uh, up the hash, and you know you you just got to put it on our guys. And you know Joe Milton will have some time to think about that because uh, whether he's hurt or healthy, um, he 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 needs to be able to he needs to sit down and uh, and and. Watch Hendon and, and, and learn from that. Um, that's just where we are right now. Let's go back to the phones and let's get to uh, Georgia Vall. Georgia Vall, good morning. Georgia Vall, you there? I've got me. I'm sorry. Oh, there you go. Good morning. What's going on, y'all? Everything, everything. <laughs> I just wanted to say uh, I forgot to tell Ben uh, happy birthday there. Uh, I was going to get to him there today and I just forgot all about it. I kind of feel bad about it now, so happy late birthday, Ben. Hey, but, uh, it's, it's, good, it's good that you at least gave him some love down, man. He was answering the phone, so uh, Ben, oh, Georgia, Vall want, Georgia Vall wanted to tell you happy, happy late birthday. Oh, thanks, Georgia Vall. I appreciate that. 
Wait a minute, wait a minute. Corrington Ball. Oh, Corrington Ball. <laughs> My bad. Corrington Ball. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sounded like Georgia. Sorry. Don't cuss me like that. <laughs> I know, man. We we apologize, man. We can't be t- disrespecting you <laughs> like that. It's all good. I'll give you a pass this time. That, that's, what you uh, get, nah. that's what you get anyways for picking at me on the message boards. Hey, you know what? That's that's actually that's okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, man. But, listen, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, I, I, I'm like you guys. I saw a lot to take away that was positive. I saw a lot to take away, a lot more to take away that was negative. But it's just things that can be worked on. It's coaching, like what you're saying, Blaine. You kind of took a lot of the point what I where I was going to go about the receivers. Say it again. About, you know, yep. <laughs> say it again, then. Say it again. I, I didn't say it with my chest. You can say it with your chest. It'll be different. Oh, yeah. The receivers can make better plays. I mean, it's just the coaching will be there. It'll get there. And I, I, I need to say this about, and I hate to dump on the fans because I'm not trying to. I mean, fans are ruthless, man. People are just going berserk right now. And I, they, they need to take a step back and really think about the things that they're they're saying and they're and they're going on with because, I mean, that what they need to realize that this is a team. This is, I mean, this football team and program has been through a whole lot. We are still navigating some really muddy water right now. This team lost a lot. We gained some. We sure did, and I am very happy with the transfers that we brought in. Seems like quite a few of them are already uh, starting to contribute. But at the same time, people's expectations need to be tempered. This is going to be a rough go. This is going to be a work in progress. This is not going to click immediately. We are not going to be going out there and throwing up 55 every game. It's just not going to happen. Now, the defense definitely has impressed me. I, I like the adjustments and the, the work that Banks and, and Gardner and, and the boys have put in. They're trying. Theo looks like he could be an all-conference player. If he keeps stringing together games like that, he, he, he'll put the league on notice because he's sure. playing really well. For sure. But he sure is. I, I want people to just recognize that we need to get behind this team, support these boys, and give them what we can. Yeah, it's frustrating, but at the same time, they've got a lot of work to do because the cupboard was almost dry when Josh Josh Apple got here. And that's just the truth. But I appreciate you guys' show. I just wanted to call in before all the garbage and all the negativity got on here and started just dumping on the show. But I appreciate you guys. Hey, thank you, man. Thank you for the phone call. Uh, we'll take our first break of the day here at Betty Chevrolet Parkside Drive. 865-255-03. Swain Event, Fueled by Dead and Barbecue. Call the Iris Networks hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Networks high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. 
The GM, Steven Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill. Or call 865-693-5400. Good morning, Swain Event crew. As the weather heats up, so does our market. And from Johnson City to Knoxville, eager buyers are grabbing up many available properties. The chili is hot in East Tennessee, so if you are ready to buy or sell or want to talk more about our local real estate market, I'm just a phone call away. Or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you, so you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and social security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. Guys, your health right now is more important than ever. I recommend Low T Center. That's where I get my levels checked. It all starts with the annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment exclusively for men, making it quick and easy to take care of your health. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatment. 
Most insurance is accepted. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment and make your health a priority. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. We are live here from Beatty Chevrolet, Parkside Drive. Man, it is a beautiful, beautiful morning. Uh, 64 degrees right here in Knoxville, Tennessee. The weather was was perfect on Saturday. I mean, absolutely perfect uh, weather um, for for football. The crowd was as good as as good as you, as good as you're gonna get it at this point. You know, with the program being the way it is, uh, the attendance was 82,200 for a noon game, um, where you haven't done anything in the last, you know. Five six years, so not a big surprise there. Um, I thought the crowd um, was 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 decent. Um, was decent. Um, had an opportunity uh, early, and that was the case to, to get the crowd into the game with a big play early. Uh, man, big shout out to the special team. Special teams put this 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 team in a situation to really blow it open early. It was the offense failing to take advantage of opportunities uh, that called us caused us not to be up twenty one nothing, fourteen nothing. Um, but the special teams, man, just great, great play by them. Uh, Chase McGrath, I mean, hitting field goals. Um, you know, our return team doing a really good job, I and mean, we had one return um, coverage that the ball uh, was was tackled at the eight yard line, and it forced Pittsburgh to start fair catching those those kickoffs and taking the ball to twenty five because they didn't want to they didn't want to return it anymore. So shout out to Coach Eckler. Um, Special teams get lost sometimes, but, man, not today. They did a really, really, really good job. Um, okay, let's go back to the phones. Real quick, before we get to uh, Dave Tona, I wanted to add this to your points on the deep ball. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was just full of hope <clears throat> after the first deep ball of the game. Milton throws an absolute beauty of a ball to Jalen Hyatt right in the breadbasket, and I, I personally am not going to come down hard on, on Jalen for, for not making that catch because his head absolutely slammed against the turf, and I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just not going to fault somebody for not catching a football when, when their head just is absolutely destroyed by the turf, essentially. He dropped the ball, he dropped the ball before his head hit the ground. You know, it, it looked like the, the head hit the ground and then the ball – came out to me I mean, the, the head hit the ground that was a the, the ball was touched before he hit the ground so he dropped the ball and then his head hit the ground so right the yeah so he he should have caught the ball man you hate that his head hit the ground you hate that more than likely he has a concussion you hate that but you're gonna this is a physical game and you're gonna get hit and you're gonna take falls and if he caught the ball and the ground caused him to lose control of, that's a one, that's a different story. But the ball was dropped before he got to the ground. I got you. I I re- saw it, remember it differently. I have to go back and and see that. So, whatever. Tomato, tomato. My point is, uh, Joe Milton delivered an absolute beauty of a ball right there. And I'm thinking, Swain, 
Okay, Milton has corrected the deep ball, just like Cedric Tillman said earlier in the week. And then he proceeded to go 0 for 7 on the deep ball. And you mentioned it. Some of it is on the receivers. But, I mean, it, it was just bombs over Baghdad and, and incompletion after incompletion after incompletion. Very frustrating when you see, even if the, even if the receivers are not completely fulfilling their responsibility, like they still had to step on the DB. And, it, and it's frustrating, whether it's, whether it's on the receiver, whether it's on the quarterback, just the passing game in general. It's frustrating to see so many opportunities and not being able to connect. But, but what I really wanted to point out, uh, is is that when Hendon came in the game, the vertical shots practically went away. I mean, he really only took two two shots that that I wrote down when I went back and watched the game yesterday. Uh, he missed Callaway deep, and it's it's probably a good thing that he missed Callaway deep because Callaway was was smothered in coverage and might have been picked off. Um, and then the second time he went deep, it was down the sideline when they were going towards the south end zone in the third quarter and the Pittsburgh defense was called for defensive holding uh, against Walker Merrill uh, along the sideline so I thought that was interesting that Joe Milton attempted seven deep balls eight deep balls now all those won't show up on the stat sheet because there were some defensive pass interferences offensive pass interferences Uh, the Jalen Hyatt throw technically doesn't count because of the holding that was called on the play, so that doesn't that doesn't count on the stat sheet. Um, but eight times Tennessee went deep with with Milton, or or Milton elected to chunk it deep, and then with Hooker, we really only saw two bona fide deep passes. So I, I thought that was interesting and and speaks to why Joe Milton started the season as the starting quarterback because as we've talked about many times, the vertical passing game ha- is has and is. Uh, a very important proponent of this offense, and Milton takes more shots downfield than Hendon and than Hendon and Harrison, and I think that's why you can see that that Milton got the nod. Yeah, I mean, you're playing to the strengths of the quarterback, and so that's why you saw more vertical shots from Milton because Milton had proved in practice all the fall camp that that's something that they can do. So you're not going to do something in the game that you have not done in practice consistently to, I guess, warrant the, 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 the confidence of the coaches. And so that's the thing that's frustrating, I know, for, the, for those offense coaches. I know they're beating their head on the table because in practice these balls were completed, these, the, you know, um, the plays were being made, and then you got in the game. And it's the total opposite. And that's very, very, very frustrating. Hendon, the reason why those calls probably wasn't made in the game is because Hendon didn't do a good job of making those throws in practice. Either they were inaccurate or the ball was picked off. Um, and so that's why you didn't see the same, you know, approach with with either quarterback. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's probably why. Now, um, when, I, when, I, when you mentioned, like, receivers could have done a better job, too, that they could – and most of this is on Milton, so it's like a small percentage of of yes, me critiquing yes, yes, the, yes, the, yes. The, the 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 receivers. But if I'm the quarterback coach, I'm coaching Milton and, and Hendon. You know, I'm grading their performance. I'm coaching them up. Now, if I'm in the receivers' room, I'm coaching up my receivers on each individual route, each play, telling them what they could do better. All I'm saying is, if I was in that receiver room, 
as a player or a coach or whatever, like I expect to hear, okay, yes, Milton did overthrow these passes, but we have to do a better job. We got to do our job better by digging and running through catches a lot more um, and not looking for 10 yards or looking for 15 yards when the ball hasn't been thrown yet because you slow up. And now when the ball's thrown, you you can't get there because it's easier to slow down than it is to speed up. Simple as that. So um, as far as far as Hyatt, man, like he did a he did a great job. He was open earlier on the play he got hurt, but Milton had some pressure right in his face. So he slid to the left. He, he did a really good job. I was surprised by the comment earlier about his lack of pocket presence because he showed to me pretty good pocket presence. It's just he was inaccurate with the football. Um, but he slid to the left because he had pressure right in his face. And then he stepped up, um, and then he threw the ball to Jalen High. I know he wanted to throw the ball sooner, but he just couldn't because, you know, he had that pressure. Now, I think he has arm strength to just let it, let it fly. I mean, he could just flick it and, and throw it 40 yards. Maybe he could have flicked it uh, before the slide to the left to gather himself, throw it to Hyatt. But Hyatt had him beat by two or three steps uh, initially, and the late throw allowed – the DB to get back into play. That that should have been an over-the-shoulder easy touchdown. But that's why these these passing plays are so low percentage because it takes a lot for success. It takes a clean pocket. It takes the running backs doing their job. It takes the receiver to beat their guy on the outside. It takes a really good throw. There's just a large margin of error when, when you're trying to take these deep shots. And you have to continue to take them. But this is why it's a low percentage throw. And this is why you better start figuring out more of the route tree, because Pittsburgh ran more of the route tree than we did. They ran digs. They ran curls. They ran comebacks. And they were more successful in the passing game. Cody Pickett did a great job, but you saw more variety of a route tree. There was several times we saw guys running across the middle uh, open. Um, on the outside, we saw some curls. We saw some, we saw some, some comebacks. And so we can't be one-dimensional in our passing game, either throwing bubble screens or throwing deep balls. we got to do more. Um, and I, I expect to see that. Um, all right, let's go back. Let's go to the phones because I can talk all day about about this game. We've got uh, Dave Toner. Dave Toner, good morning. Good morning, guys. Ooh, Dave Toner coming in hot. Good morning. So I'm going to start this off with a whole lot of positivity. Okay. Okay. And a lot of people that listen to this show that can have a whole lot of positivity this morning. But Ben and I can't because the Steelers are 1-0, baby. I don't I care about the Steelers. Okay. So that's they what I want to say about the Steelers. Okay. Now listen. I, you know, a lot of people, and, and you've commented, all the people that make these comments about me, and there's people that say I don't bring substance to the show and I keep them, I, I make them fall asleep. Well, you know what, I, to be totally honest with you, I don't care what anybody says about me. Okay. There you go. I'm going to say go. what I got to say when I want to say it. You can like it. You can not like it. But if you don't like it, that's your problem to deal with, not mine. Okay? All right. All right. So, now listen. Am I happy about the performance? I'm not 100% happy about the performance. But you know what I am happy about? Is that we weren't Florida State. Everybody jumped on Florida State's bandwagon for playing Notre Dame the way they played. Okay. This could have been us this week. Florida State lost to Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State. Okay? 
our boys committed a lot of penalties. We had a lot of issues. We have a lot of things to overcome. But you know what, guys? We were never out of that game. With all the negative things that we could say about that game, we were never out of the game. We could have won that game. We should have won that game. But, you know, you got to look at the whole, the whole thing. You got to look at the big picture. These guys played, like I asked for last week, 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. And we were never out of the game. We have a new coaching staff. We have new coach. We have new players. There's going to be bumps in the road. But you've got to see the progression. Instead of being negative balls. I like what this coaching staff is doing. I think we've got to figure out the quarterback situation. We've got to become deeper in a lot of areas and running back. I mean, guys, we lost our, our number two running back. We were without our starting center. We were without a, a, a wide receiver, I think. We had several in- injuries, but we were never out of the game. So take all your, your criticism and your negative comments and set it to the side and realize that even though we didn't win the game, we didn't quit on the game. We didn't give away the game. Well, good, 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 good stuff, Daytona. Daytona, you was on it today, my friend. Um, this, is, this, is, this is what I'll say about the negativity because – I see. I haven't paid attention to Twitter, um, but I see this is this is where we are already. This point of the season. Um, this is Tennessee. This is big time football. This is SEC football. You're not going to play a game, lose the game, commit 13 penalties for 134 yards, and not hear any negative criticism. That's just that's that's this is not a Disney movie. That's not going to happen. So this game, this this team deserves criticism. I mean, let me let me say that they deserve criticism, but at the same time, they deserve praise in a lot of areas where we didn't see last year, and it points to improvement. This is a better football team right now than they were last year. Right now, we saw strain from this football team on Saturday. They played their butts off. They didn't quit. I mean, they got down two scores and didn't quit. They gave up 27 points in the second quarter, didn't quit, didn't flinch. Continue to push, continue to dig, continue to strain. That's the difference, and that's something I think you you should be um, positive about. But at the same time, there's things you have to point out, to be critical of. So there is, this is not a black and white issue where you know, if you're gonna say so, if you're gonna say something, you know, it has to be nice or don't say anything at all. No, no, it's, it could be, it could be critical. But where is your focus? Are you balanced? Then, are are you someone that only looks at the negatives? Are you someone that feels like the sky's falling, that the world's about to end after this game? The world's not about to end. In 2009, a more talented Tennessee team lost to UCLA. And beat themselves in the same way that Tennessee beat themselves on Saturday. But you know what happened? 
team adjusted. They adjusted. They had a brand new coach, they had a brand new system, and they lost their second, the first game of the season to a team they should have beat. But the sky wasn't falling then, and the sky's not falling now. You go back to the drawing board, and you fix the mistakes. A lot of these mistakes were self-inflicted. This ain't WWE. So General Banks don't need to be trying to, you know, uh, 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 sting somebody or, or, you know, Diamond Dallas Page somebody, Hulk Hogan somebody, or, or you know, Glenn Jacobs somebody. You don't need to be doing all that. You know how to tackle. You're not a first-year player. So you can't be body slamming folks like that. This ain't the playground. So you, you, that's 15-yard penalty. Kay Mays knows better. I like Kay's aggressiveness. I love it. But he is a fourth-year player. He has to know you can't do that. You can't do what you did from two experienced football players. You can be aggressive, but you got to be smart. Those two penalties right there was kind of a microcosm of what happened in the football game was a lack of focus, a lack of discipline. Um, you gotta, you got to play better. I appreciate those guys playing hard. I really do. And, but you just got to tone it down. You can't allow those penalties to take place. Tennessee's offense put Tennessee's defense in three compromising situations because they turned the football over and gave Pittsburgh one possession on Tennessee's own 18-yard line. And kudos to Tennessee's defense because, Ben, they bowed their neck. They forced a field goal. Again, uh, Pitt got the ball on the 48-yard line. Um, because, you know, we had bad field position and then we had, you know, the punt wasn't that great. Um, and then we also stopped them and forced a field goal. Tennessee in the third quarter fumbled again, and Pittsburgh got the ball on the 27-yard line, and then we forced a punt on that possession. So everyone wants to look at the 41 points and go, man, I don't know why everybody's looking at the defense and saying, good job defense when you gave up 41 points. Well, you look at the game, man, three turnovers – right there on, on, on our side of the football field, uh, with two turnovers definitely on our side of the football field. And then, you know, we didn't have great field position there uh, in the second quarter, but being able to kind of bow our necks defensively and force field goals, man, I'm giving, I'm giving the defense some props for, for, for that run there. So, um, Daytona, man, good for you, man. That was, that was a good, good phone call, except for the first part. Nobody care about Steelers today. I know Ben love the Steelers. I'm happy for the Steelers. Whatever. Nobody think about the Steelers today. Swain, my favorite part about Tennessee's defensive performance was that in the late third quarter to fourth quarter, Tennessee's defense was put in a spot to where it absolutely needed to get a stop, and it, and it did get a stop. Off the top of my head, I believe there were four occasions in which Tennessee's defense had to get a stop, and on three out of the four – they got a stop, and the, and, and the possession in which they didn't get a stop was the final possession in which Pitt was able to pick up two first downs by running the football after the Hendon Hooker interception. And at that point, I mean, they were just gassed. Now, I did not like the personnel decision of having the backup linebackers in to start that, <laughs> that drive with four and a half minutes remaining in the game. And it... it, it it was not a smart decision, and and it definitely did not pay off um, because you, you throw Silent Page in there, you throw Aaron Beasley in there, and on first and ten, and this is the the final possession of the game after the Hendon Hooker interception. First and ten from the forty-two, uh, Vincent Davis rushes for one. Tyler Barron blew the play up. Jalen McCullough came in and, and cleaned it up, but then four straight rushes to ice the game, 
and it was a Solon Page missed tackle, uh, a Trayvon Flowers missed tackle at the line of scrimmage, uh, and then after the, the first down, the D-line got no push. Aaron Beasley took eight yards to bring the running back down, and then Jalen McCullough missed the tackle on on the final play before the victory formation. So uh, I, I didn't like the personnel decision on that final drive, but, I mean, the, the defense was just gashed by by the time that final possession uh, came about because of all the, the situations they had been put in that day. But that was my favorite thing about Tennessee's defensive performance. It wasn't great, Swain, but but they truly fought to the end of the game. That That's not – it is a coaching cliche, but it's not being used as a cliche this week. The defense was put in tough spots all day long, and they bowed their neck. You mentioned the field goals, holding Pitt to field goals after after – being put in, in bad field position. And then late in the game, when you had to get a stop, they got a stop and gave Tennessee's offense a chance to tie the game. Well said, man. Good job. Good job breaking that down. I mean, you held Pitt to, um, you know, 96 net rushing yards and uh, 2.1 yards per, per rush. And when you do that, man, you expect it to win the football games. But when you are negative three to turnover margin and then you have 13 penalties, like – Think about that, man. You, you're supposed to lose this game by two or three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But you did. You, know, you lost about one. And I'm not saying, like, there's more victories in, involved here. But I am saying if you are on this football team for Tennessee, you feel good about going back to work. Like, you're not demoralized. You know that, man, we really beat ourselves. Like, there's, there's things that we have to clean up. And we have a chance to to be in a better position and have a better better outcome. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Let's get to uh, Turkey Man and then Seth in Knoxville. All right, let's do it. Turkey Man, good morning. Good morning, guys. I uh, I hope you guys had a good weekend. And you know, I seen I seen some positive stuff there. They've got to get to that uh, all of the holiday. They got to get in Baltimore often. Holiday. How about Valus Jones to Baltimore? Valus Jones is the number one guy, Turkey Man, that needs to be on the list of getting to Baltimore. Well, yeah, but I seen I seen I seen the holiday turn off the leaves some people, and that was a gap yardage too. Okay. Okay, uh, and and that uh, running back that that play uh, freshman. Right, was his mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. I thought he did a good job. Uh, I, I was, I was, I, I was uh, pleased that what I didn't like is our defense played played well enough, uh, even all the mistakes that our offense should have capitalized on it, especially early in the game. Mm-hmm. And it should have been up like twenty-one to nothing. But mm-hmm. uh, and I, you know, I think our our. Uh, Special teams, as you pointed out, I, I'm real pleased with that. We we, we covered punts and let it roll roll for more yardage. Uh, a lot of, a lot of positive things in that, but our our offense, uh, we have got to have somebody. And and, and I don't you know I don't know if it's that kid that that followed him from from down there and where you come from or what, but somebody. They can just be a good manager to, you know, get the ball out 
and uh, move the offense because an offense gets kicking. Defense playing, you know, uh, what they're playing, uh, actually good things. But uh, like you say, the the penalties and mistakes, uh, I didn't even focus on on that as bad as they were. On, but the other stuff that we was killing ourselves, uh, and and it's uh, when you get a false start, you start out you know, five yards behind the sticks further than you, you should at this play calling. I was I was really pleased with the pass rushing for, for once. I thought I seen a spark there. But uh, I'm hoping to get this thing straightened out, brother, because it, it, uh, it, you can almost feel happy, happy. Just almost feel happy, happy uh, with the... Uh, with the team, and you know, and I can't because we should have won that game. Uh, we should have won the game because we had enough defense played good enough. Both are backs. I mean, holding the field goals, and and then we was helped field goals when we should have scored. Yeah, that's about that's about my two two cents worth. But uh, how is the how's the injuries? Uh, what's the situation status with with uh, of her? tailbacks and uh, and uh, wide receivers and uh, we don't have that rusher that young is he going to be available available this this week appreciate the phone call there turkey man brian young should be back you know he is two back ga- two games was, was supposed to be uh his his penalty as far as the injuries not sure because it's monday so it's early in the week um you know Jalen hyatt he didn't you know, get back into the football game, hit his head so you can put two and two together to know that uh, he's probably going to have to pass some tests to be able to play this week. As far as Jabari Small, you saw him, you know, um, you know, shoulder leaning a little bit, trying to, you know, uh, prevent uh, pressure on the shoulder when he fell on the shoulder, hurt his shoulder. He, not, he did not return. It was the Jalen Wright show. Uh, but that's why the Tyon Evans um, – him being out was so was so big because you were one play away from relying on true freshman uh, running back who is not an all around back just yet. Um, that was that was a significant significant uh, development going into this game was Ty and Evans not being able to play and then Jabbar Small getting hurt and then boom uh, you are in a weird spot quick oh. fast in a hurry so you lost Jalen High you lost Jabari Small. Uh, you didn't have your starting center. You didn't have, you know, Byron Young. Um, so we got real, real quick <laughs> because of the lack of depth. And that was always a concern entering entering this season, uh, Turkey Man. Um, let's go back to the phones, Ben. We've got Seth in Knoxville. Seth in Knoxville, good morning. What's up, Swain? First what's of all, up, I'd say thank, thank you for taking my call this morning. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a long-time listener and a first-time caller. Oh, awesome, man. So, thank you. So um, my whole thing is, is of course, I'm not happy with the outcome of the game. Um, it nope. sucks losing. I hate getting beat. Yep. But I will say, I can actually say that this defense is really surprising me. Because, I mean, if this is last year with Pruitt just saying, I, I'm pretty sure the final score is 41-14. Yep. And um, another thing is, is what did, what did you think about that fourth and one call with him and Hooker not going under center and us taking out a shot? I don't like it. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't like us not calling for a review. I mean, we picked up the first down play before that, and um, 
You know, I, I know that you know, college coaches don't have red flags, but you got to find a red flag and throw it on the field because, I mean, you know, Hendon Hooker picked up that first down, and the spot was terrible. Why did that not be reviewed? Call a timeout or something. But we did blow two timeouts earlier in that half, one on offense. When I mean, how do you how do you have a, a, a fast, up-tempo offense we got to call timeout to prevent – to prevent a delay of game, um, so that's that's a that's a mistake you can't make. And then we you know we call timeout, I think on defense. So we so we kind of used two timeouts earlier in the half, um, and maybe that's why we decided not to call a timeout to force a review. But that play had to be reviewed there on third down. They forced a fourth down, and goodness gracious, shotgun. Um, <sighs> listen, I know everyone does it. Everyone runs shotgun on short yard situation, and when it works, it's it's cool. Whatever, I get it. But when it doesn't work, it makes you it makes you beat your head against the wall because it's like you, you one itch from the first down and then you snap it three yards backwards to try to go pick up that one inch um, forward. Now I thought Hendon, if that was a true uh, read option, I thought he could have pulled it and picked up the first down. So it was a it was a bad call, it was a bad execution, and um, Pittsburgh won that one. I mean, they just they just won that that play. I don't, was, I don't, I don't, I don't think Hendon would have scored because Pitt crashed both edge guys, both both outside backers crashed and, and just sold out on the run because everybody in the stadium knew what play was, was coming, and, and that was kind of my frustration. I, I, I would have, you know, gone up and got under center and, and quarterback sneaked it real quick. Uh, I, I, I get that criticism. I, I agree with that criticism. But from my standpoint, Swain, I was I was more frustrated with the fact that there was a lack of creativity in that situation. Not that you needed to run a trick play down at the goal line or anything, but everybody in the stadium knew what play was about to happen. They, they knew that it was, it was going to be a run play, and both outside backers for Pitt, both edge guys, completely crashed, sold out on it, and one guy had the running back, Jalen Wright, who made the tackle. Uh, coming from the left side, and then on the right side, the other guy was going straight for the quarterback. So I, I don't even think that unless Hendon pulled off a miracle and, and broke a tackle, which is possible because he looked like Dobbs out there running around at some at sometimes just breaking tackles left and right, kind of contorting his body to where he couldn't take a big hit. I, I don't know that Hendon would have scored. Would it, would would he have picked up the first down? Uh, I don't. I think Hendon would have been tackled in the backfield for a loss as well because, like I said, both edge guys sold out. One guy had the running back, one guy had the quarterback, and they were both in the backfield at the same time. Either guy could well, have made the play. Well, give, give me one guy in space against Hendon rather than running in Jalen Wright um, in a big blob of mess. Yes, I agree. With a, with exactly. a, freshman, with a freshman running back who is who's lighting the pants. Give me Hendon in space. Because Hendon showed us early in that game that he can make guys miss. So I would rather have him with the ball in space, um, with the ball in his hands, being able to use his leg. And um, you took that away from him. You know, I don't know if it was a bad read. Again, I'm not, I, don't, I don't know the play. I don't know the player's responsibilities. But if that was truly a zone, zone read, pull it and go, and go make somebody miss in space. Now, the play call could have been better where maybe you do a, a pass and you put him on the run, so that way he has multiple options and he can, you know, run the football. But it was just – it was a bad call, bad execution, and it happened at the worst time ever. You know, fourth down and one, you need that – you needed that – you need to score. You already put the defense in terrible situations all game long. Um, 
by not scoring, by not, you know, executing when the special teams and defense put you in good spots. And that was just another um, another failed opportunity. And so, um, yeah, man, I mean, there's 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 not much positive you can say about that whole sequence. No, absolutely not. And my whole thing is, is we don't look confused on defense. Like, whenever no. we come out, like, we look like we know what we're doing. Not all of our guys are looking to the sideline, and everybody <laughs> just thinks like they're on point on defense. And another thing is, to be positive, I mean, we should have won that game. I mean, we were in – we were in control of almost winning that game, and I'm, I, I just thought it was a good game. And sucks that we got beat, but I'm going to bring more positives out of it than negatives. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank, thank you so much for the phone call, man. Seth, call back anytime. Good to hear you, man. First time caller. Um, like I'm upset of losing. I'm not happy, uh, but at the same time. I'm encouraged by the improvement that I saw from game one to game two and from last season to this season. I mean, I'm encouraged. I mean, our guys play with their hair on fire. They play with purpose. They play with passion. Uh, they didn't quit. So I'm encouraged by some of the things I saw on the football field. I really am. Obviously, when you lose and you have three turnovers and the penalties, there's, there's things you're concerned about. you got to fix those things. But, guys, I'm not a black and white type of guy. Like, I'm not looking at this game saying, this is the worst thing ever. Uh, let's burn everything down. Like, I'm not, I'm not that. And, uh, first of all, I'm a grown-up. I'm not a child. Um, and I can think. You know, I can think past just having one set of emotion. Uh, so I, I encourage some folks to try that. But, like, you can be upset but also be able to point out the positives. Uh, and there's a lot of positives and there's a lot of negatives and there's a lot of work to – to, 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 to get done, um, and you got a ch- good chance to build some confidence against a team that's inferior to you uh, in a huge way physically before you go on the road and play Florida next week. Uh, All right, let's go back to the phones. Oh, go ahead, Ben. No, uh, we will get to uh, the phones here, get to Dave and Ackworth in, in just a second, and then we've got Hunter. But I wanted to, to revisit just real quick that, that fourth and one call because there are some people – saying that Hendon would have walked in. I, I disagree. I, I see it differently. You, you go back and, and you look, and you got 36 lined up over the right tackle. You got zero lined up over the left tackle. Zero sells out for the running back. 36 has his eyes on, on Hooker the whole time as he's crashing, and the moment Hooker hands the ball off the right, he crashes into the running back with, with Jalen Wright. Both of those guys were in the backfield, and, and maybe Hendon is able to, to make a guy miss, but 36 – coming off the right side, had the beat on, on Hendon. So uh, I, I don't think that Hendon would have just walked in because the 36 was, was there to make the play. Would he have made the play? Who knows? But he, he was right there to make it because I, I thought Narduzzi called a, a great play there in that situation, having a guy that was um, prepared to stop the back. If the back got the ball and, and a guy you know matched up on the quarterback for if, if Hendon hook it, they had a guy in place to make the play. That, that's why I would have liked to have seen more creativity because Tennessee was moving the ball the last couple of possessions off the legs of, of Hendon Hooker. And, I mean, why would you take the ball out of Hooker's hands in that, in that situation? And I thought Pitt was prepared well for it. So I would have liked to have seen more creativity in that situation. Well, the closer you get to the end zone, Ben, the, the, the you know, least creative, creative you can – actually be, man. You run out of options. When it gets down to that point of, of the football field, it's about, it's about smacking somebody in the mouth. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you don't have room to, to, you know, be all that creative. I mean, it gets, it gets really simple down there. And 
Um, I understand you know, wanting to see something a little different because, I again, shotgun, when it's fourth down the inches, I'm not a huge fan of. I do realize that it like everyone's doing it, and it works when you get push, and you want that, that space. So when the ball is snapped to the quarterback and the, you put the ball in the belly of the running back, you want the defense to see that. Like you want to, you want them to see that, um, and it's hard for them to see that if you are close to the line of scrimmage. But at the same time, like you, you got to make the play, man. You got to make the play on fourth down and one. Um, you got to get a push, and you got to make the proper read. Um, maybe you could have called something differently. All I'm saying is the options are real limited, man. When you get down there, because really it's about it's about smacking somebody in the mouth. And, and making the play in a really tight, tight window, well, tight space. The biggest problem is Tennessee was in 21 personnel, or excuse me, 12 personnel when you got one back and, and two tight ends. And Warren and Fant were lined up on, on the right side behind Cade Mays. And the, the line crashed down and Fant and Warren blocked down as well. And it, and it left... 36, the outside backer on the right side, just wide open, unevaded to, to the backfield. Both both outside backers were unevaded to the backfield. And if if somebody gets a hat on on that backer on the right side, then Hooker probably does keep it and walk right in. That, that, yeah. It, it was just – and Hypo said it after the game that there's a miscommunication with, with the blocking assignments up front prior to that play. And, and it shows when you kind of go back and, and look at it, uh, both – both backers for Pitt did their job in terms of watching the quarterback, watching the back. But when you got two tight ends on the field and they're lined up on the same side of the field and your O-line crashes down, and, and it's practically three-on-one on the right side and nobody put a hat on the Pitt outside backer. I'm looking at this fourth down and one play right now. Yeah, man, I would have pulled that thing. I would have pulled that thing. If that was on read, I would have pulled it, man. That that for Hendon Hooker, yeah, he's got to make go that back guy and watch miss. that. For Hendon Hooker, that's that's a walking that's a walk in touchdown for Hendon with his ability to make guys miss. Like the next guy that wasn't blocked was in the end zone. Mm-hmm. The next guy that wasn't blocked was in the end zone, and we had the ball. Uh, what's that on the seven or eight yard line? Like, yeah, man. That 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 I'll be surprised that, that wasn't a misread on on Hendon's part, but it was it was there, man. It was there for the taking for Hendon. It was there for the taking. Pull that, and I'm sorry, man. I, that's a walk. That's a walk. That's a walking touchdown. Uh, the way I'm looking at it, yeah, man. Yep. At least at least a first down. I mean, at least you get a first down in that situation. But hey, man. I mean. Part of the game. Part of the game. We gotta execute. All right, let's try to go back to the phones. Or do we need to take a break? We probably need to take we need, let's, probably need to, uh, let's get to Dave and Ackworth and then take a break. Dave's okay, let's been, do it. Dave been waiting patiently. Okay. Dave, good morning. Hey guys, uh, I'll I'll be quick. I know you need to take a break. Uh, I'll say this, that fourth down play should have even had to happen. Uh I Bingo. Is bad is a bad call, but I mean, come on. The what was the official doing on third down fifteen yards behind the ball on the sideline? I don't know what he was doing, man. What was he doing? I mean, I've never seen that before. And then you take the ball and move it and then measure it. 
worst officiating crew um, I've seen in a while, uh, and, and that's saying something uh, over some of the officiating we saw last year. I don't know what was going on on that play, but that when that when we didn't get that mark and he didn't challenge it, I turned to my son and I said, that's going to be the play of the football game right there. I said, because yeah. that was an easy – I mean, you've, seen, you've all seen the pictures. It was an easy he, – he had got, he got the first down easy. He definitely I mean, did. He, he got the first down by half a yard. Um, he definitely got the say, first down. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say this. Um, um, I'm, what was I, he doing? I took, a lot more positive, I took a lot more positives away from that game than I do negatives. Um, I – uh, but I'll say this: uh, You flip quarterbacks, and we take their quarterback, and, you, and they take our quarterback. We win that game by three plus touchdowns. That oh, one hundred percent. That quarterback we're going to see on Sunday. Don't know if he's going to play much on Sunday. We'll see him on sideline on Sunday. I, I just yeah. about guarantee it. Yeah, he's and, an NFL quarterback. And and Jason, no, I don't. <laughs> explain to me in fourteen years of this football program, we haven't lucked up and found more than one good quarterback. I just don't I don't understand it. I've seen I've seen teams out of the Mac in fourteen years have multiple good quarterbacks and we we just don't seem to find the gamer that comes out and says, Hey, I'm putting this game on my show and maybe we have with him and Hooker. I don't know. Uh, the interception at the end of the game tells me probably not, but you never know. He's got some legs. But I just I mean, it just seems like we would have lucked into a good, a couple of good quarterbacks or a couple of kids that have, that would say, "Hey, you know, put me on the field. I'm going to make something happen." Um, it just blows my mind that I see I see teams roll in here with average football teams, and I think we were better in in two of the three phases of the game uh, yeah. uh, Saturday than they were. Um, it's just that the one position that we're never as good as the other team is the most important position on the field, and it just kills me. But, hey, guys, I appreciate you. Have a great day. Thank you. You know you know, you know what What triggered me even more? Because I was at the game, so I didn't get a chance to watch the broadcast. So I go back home and I watch the broadcast, and they're talking about Kenny Pickett, um, how he had a decision to make to return or go to the NFL. <clears throat> and the one person in the entire world, in the entire world, the one person – I was helping advise him, Peyton freaking Manning. <laughs> I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man. We all have been struggling with quarterbacks all these years, and y'all bringing up the fact that Peyton Manning is helping advise Kenny Pickett on whether to go or return. Oh, my gosh, man. And I'm with you. I'm with you, Dave. Like, it's been so long since we've had – like, this should be – this should not be a place where, you know, quarterback is an issue. This should be a place where – if anything, quarterback is taken care of. And that's the thing that just drives you crazy. But, yeah, Kenny Pickett, he's he's good. And we knew that going in. He's, he's good. He's a problem. He he reminded me of, of Baker a little bit in, in the sense of the 2015 Oklahoma performance where Tennessee would have third and medium, third to long, have Tennessee – Tennessee would have Oklahoma in those situations. Tennessee's defense would, would be on the verge of getting off the field, and then Baker would scramble around forever and make a play downfield or, or scramble for the first down. Kenny Pickett did that several times, and it, it kind of reminded me of, of Baker in 2015 in that Oklahoma game at Neyland. Swain event, fueled by Day and Barbecue, live here at Beatty Chevrolet, Parkside Drive. 